Hello, this is Jason Lyle. I'm the James Wright Chair of Transnational Studies at Dartmouth. I'm speaking today with Dr. Alex Downs, Professor of Political Science at GW, about his terrific new book, Catastrophic Success, Why Foreign-Imposed Regime Change Goes Wrong, which is just out now from Cornell University Press. It's available to all fine independent booksellers and Amazon as well. The book is a wonderful blend of ambitious theory and careful empirics about an enduring historical puzzle that also manages to speak to contemporary policy debates, um, most notably in Afghanistan, where we have seen one of the most ambitious and expensive interventions since World War II fail spectacularly. So thank you so much, Alex, for joining me today. It's great to be here, Jay, talking with you. So let me start with just a, a really simple question. You use the term catastrophic success. So what is the historical track record of regime change and, and why do regime changes appear to fail so often? Sure. So I use this term catastrophic success. Uh, it's, uh, it's meant to refer to something that could be successful in the short term, but then turns out to be much harder in the long term. Um, so in the case of regime change or foreign imposed regime change, the success part refers to, uh, well, it's relatively easy for a, a powerful state or a major power to overthrow foreign governments, uh, the catastrophic part uh, refers to what often happens later, which is where I talk about in the book about civil wars and uh, the overthrow of foreign imposed leaders uh, and even interstate conflict between the two states. Um, so, you know, proponents of regime change would argue this is, you know, a pretty quick and easy way to get rid of problematic leaders, align preferences, create enduring alliances. But there's really two problems with this view. One is, is when you invade a foreign state uh, sometimes to achieve regime change, uh, rather than surrendering the military in that country, say as it did in Iraq or Afghanistan, just shatters uh, and disappears. Uh, and you have tens or hundreds of thousands of armed men running around who are sort of instant insurgency just at water. Uh, that the old leaders can use to try and retain power. And that often leads to civil war immediately. The second issue is what I call the problem of competing principles, which is, uh, so foreign powers assume they can put in a leader and that leader will share their preferences, right? basically do what they want. Um, what they don't realize is that that leader also has a domestic audience uh, that he or she needs to also take into account their preferences and the preferences of the two, the outside power and the domestic public don't necessarily match up. That puts the leader in this awkward position where if he follows the wishes of one, he or she angers the other, uh, which can lead to either interstate conflict or civil conflict, depending on which way they lean. Um, so in terms of the historical record, there's been about 120 of these things over the period I look at, which is the last couple hundred years. Um, and uh, what I show in the book is that uh, regime changes from outside powers increase the likelihood of civil wars in, that, in those countries. They increase the likelihood that the leader you put in is overthrown violently, and they don't really produce much in the way of, of better relations uh, between the two states. And it's true, just as an aside, that if I remember your data correctly, the odds of success right, are actually falling over time. Do I have that right? That is actually... These don't work very well, historically speaking, but as we move into the more contemporary era, they actually seem to be getting less effective. Is that right? Yeah, that's correct. So over time, after the after World War II, um, the effect of regime change on, say, civil war uh, grows larger. 
So, okay, so if we're looking at, put your policy hat on for a moment here and, and take us yeah. not from the historical sweep, but to Afghanistan, I mean, was yeah. the intervention sort of doomed to fail? Was there nothing that the United States could have done and sort of structurally locked in? Or do you think that there was a, maybe a missed opportunity to kind of get, to get it back on track? Yeah, this is a, this is a great question. So there's, uh, there's no doubt that, you know, in recent U.S. regime changes, policymakers made a lot of mistakes. Um, but my argument is essentially about the structure of the situation, more or less. Um, and it really, it, the Afghan case really exemplifies both of the things that I talk about. So what happened immediately was that uh, the U.S. helped the Northern Alliance uh, overthrow the Taliban. The Taliban scattered. Uh, and much of them went to Pakistan, where they had a nice external haven and an external sponsor where they could reorganize, regroup, and come back uh, to, to launch another insurgency. And then, even though the U.S. handpicked uh, the leader that it wanted to be in power in Afghanistan, over time, their preferences diverged over a variety of things, uh, most importantly, civilian casualties uh, in the coalition fight. Uh, against the Taliban. Uh, and you got this to this point where Hamid Karzai was saying, you know, the United States is conspiring with the Taliban to keep the war going. Uh, and so relations became quite bitter there. Um, yeah, I'll leave it there. So essentially, structurally, pretty, pretty close to doom to failure. So if, if, if we step back, then in the last 10 seconds we've got or so, I mean, yeah. are we going to see interventions continuing? Or have we learned the lesson that we shouldn't do this anymore? Um, unfortunately, I don't think we're very good at learning those kinds of lessons. So I anticipate these things will continue. Thank you very much, Alex. Uh, terrific book. The book is Catastrophic Success by Cornell University Press.